and welcome back to the Wellness Podcast. This is episode number 84. My name is Slater and I'm here with Adam and Caitlin. What's up? Hello. We back. Finally. I'm back. Just the three of us. Yeah, I was gone. I had some really important, you know, meetings to go to and um, whatever. Some important whales to see. Instead of working on the podcast. Wow. I had to hang out. I had to hang out with my dog a little bit. Or like you had to clean the bunk room, clean the head on the yeah. boat. Oh Backing man, the I had to. I had to clean the boat hard. I had to fix some things, fish fix some out plumbing, impeller bits from the generator. Fish out impeller bits. It was. Uh, it was a good time, you know. Boats just fall apart sometimes, and you just gotta deal with it. Don't worry, the Condor Express is totally safe and functioning. Even though today, <laughs> today, uh, Adam made a post that says our boat greater than yours <laughs> dude it's a sick ass boat you, you can't even lie compensating on social media adam nah i would never i would never look at that boat <laughs> anyways oh, what's up well, dudes welcome back friends we uh let's uh start with sightings yeah, caitlin's pro- caitlin's had a pretty epic week i already know because i talked to her that's so not true <laughs> okay i'm not saying that the whales were not epic but it is july 20th as of when we're recording this episode and it has rained for 18 days this month Ugh. yeah i thought it was july what the heck it's so rained like one day for us that's been tough i've worn my rain gear more in the month of july than i have the whole rest of the whale watch season so far which is kind of gnarly um but we have had humpback whales pretty close, so that's been nice. And uh, we've seen dinky whales and fin whales occasionally. We've only had a handful of sightings of Atlantic white-sided dolphins this month, which is kind of normal. Um, we get a lot of them slow in the spring, down. and then they slow down in the summer. Um, so, yeah, a couple mom-calf pair of humpback whales and a couple of the calves have had a really rough go. Um this one whale her name is nine her calf already has like some weird buoyancy issues and then now it has propeller scars and oh no entanglement scars oh my and god it like has some sort of respiratory issue it's just like it's just the poor little thing I've, i'm always pleasantly surprised to hear that somebody saw it each day because the little thing is just getting beat up what, what, what does it have on it um, it has prop scars and entanglement scars, but like even the first time we encountered mm. it, it like has this weird like posture where it's like where its dorsal fin is sticks up way higher out of the water than like the normal swimming profile of a whale. And it is always constantly exhaling out of its left blowhole while it's swimming. So it's like always blowing bubbles basically. And it like never dives down very deep. And so like, I'm not sure how deep it can actually dive, which is part of why I think it has propeller scars. Cause it like just logs at the, the surface, surface all the time. So yeah, poor little whale. It's still, I mean, they saw it yesterday, so it's still around, but it, yeah. And then another calf um, also had some prop scars on it this season. So it's just been a little bit of a rough go for these baby humpback whales this year. I don't know what's happening. And what's the deal with Sage? Sage said. Sedge. Sedge. Sedge is a cool whale. My Um, boy. Yeah, he, I think it's a he. So we actually, um, here at Cape Ann Whale Watch, we work with, we worked with some researchers from the Wise Lab 
and helped them identify humpback whales and then like they came out on the boat and like checked out whales with us and they were able to biopsy sedge and I said like let me know as soon as you get the the designation if he's male or female because I think he's male because I got photos of his underside earlier this season and if he is male he's the biggest male humpback whale I've ever seen ever it's huge and um, huge he also has a lot of entanglement scars like the back of his dorsal fins cut up pretty bad he's got like big serrations on his tail but he's a pretty cool whale he's done some nice surface activity for us a couple times during different trips and he's been pretty consistent so he's a whale we've watched a lot this season but yeah that's what's been going on up here rainy and windy and foggy and humpback whales <laughs> Caitlin, when you were living in Monterey, did you see a whale by the name of Proptop? Probably. I didn't know the ID super well there because there was so, not to sound spoiled, there were so many whales every day. Yeah, Adam. I couldn't really keep track of them. So many whales that we can't even keep track of here. And a lot of them are like type fives <laughs> that were there those yeah, years. Yeah, type fives. And, you hear that? And so they're yeah, like, and you know what that means? Super exclusive. Tails, all their tails look the same. You're like, I don't know. That's another one with a black tail. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. funny that you say that because the last few whales, eh, some of the whales I saw like yesterday or the day before had like solid black tails, which is a few little like light scratches yeah, on them. Exactly. So uh, anyways, yeah, there was this calf that Andrew saw. Well, or no, not a calf. Sorry. There was that whale that Andrew saw. And I guess they know my prop top. And then I, I guess feeding alongside of him or, or hanging out near him was another whale that had um, a huge chunk taken out right behind the like dorsal fin, like, like right, like uh, really close to the fluke. And it was like a big open. Oh, on the tailstock? Yeah, on the, like, on oh, the tailstock. And then it was, it was really open. You'll have to look up the, the picture. Oh, but... like it's still like it's. Yeah, look up the picture if you can real quick on Andrew's Instagram while we're um, chatting. Okay. But yeah, also, it, it was crazy. I mean, here in, unfortunately, most places that I've seen humpback whales, except for Hawaii, uh, they have a lot of human interaction scars. Like here we have whales with prop scars and entanglement scars. And then in Monterey, I have photos of at least a half dozen individual whales that are missing half their fluke. Oh, yeah. What is that? Look, it almost looks like he has a dorsal fin down at the bottom of his fluke, huh? Because of the way it, like, cut it yeah. up. See, we don't know if, it, like, if, like, maybe just the bow of the boat hit it or, like, a prop went by. I don't know. It doesn't even look like any. It looks so weird. And it also looks very, like, like it's or it looks like it maybe it got like infected it got, and it's kind of opening up down the sides you see that like it got it got like shredded yeah we have a whale out Where here in the north atlantic named owl who has like a huge it looks like a bow mm. collision like a collision with the bow of the boat like this huge gash across her back between her dorsal fin and her blowhole it's kind of well, crazy. were you on the boat that day caitlin oh wow look at that when the whale got hit by the boat no, I was in the office. Which is so fun. Which is so random because Margo happened to be on the boat that day, and yeah. it was like, uh, but that I mean, even that calf that got hit by the boat. But granted, it wasn't a big boat. Still, like you know, took some skin off the side of it, but it healed right over. Not even two months later, or three months later, we saw it in October, and it was fine. So whatever caused this scraped down from the tailstock down yeah. towards the yeah, 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 because like that's tissue that's all 
balled up at the end. Yeah. Smart thinking. That's science right there, Caitlin. Put it in the books. Science. And that's a pretty crude scientist. Yeah, weird. right? It's not like a prop. Like No. A prop would leave it like, you know, you know, like yeah, a screw. No, that's that's bizarre looking. Um Yeah, so that's sad, but well, at least they they seem to both be doing well, so Adam, what's uh, what's with you, dude? I know you had some, you had a breachy whale today. Yeah, this guy was breaching today. Um, we've had humpback whales every day for like pretty much since March, and I think they they dipped out for a while. Like there's a couple of days where we had like one or two, maybe three, um, for like a bet for like probably like a week. Um, that tends to happen in July. Um, but now they're back in full force. We had like eight today and i think the island packer boats which are let's go out at ventura had like six or eight as well so they're back in full force um which is awesome we had one breacher today it's funny we were talking about um like types like type one type five um and one of my favorite whales um dosekis is a whale that i named a while ago he has a, like a completely black tail and every like I've seen him like three times since I first saw him do that like really weird trap feeding behavior and I've never seen him do it since but every time I see him I don't even recognize it, recognize him because it just you can't recognize it and it's just a black tail and so I'll get a notification from like happy whale and it's like oh you saw the seckies and I was like what I had no clue it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not even your friend dude he's like you can't even remember dude, me. he doesn't he's not he's never gonna trap feed for me again oh dude I remember that <laughs> That's like the coolest. That's the coolest thing I've, stuck in his mouth, dude. Dude, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like a humpback whale do. Um, if if we get that, it's kind of like that guy. Uh, was it Birdie that got it uh, off of Sri Lanka? What was yeah. it? A say whale or something? That was or? with a. That was with a. Oh, a Brutus. Of, Brutus was, whale. Um, Brutus whales off of Thailand. Thailand, Thailand, Thailand not Sri Lanka, Thailand. Yeah, that was dude, that's the coolest flip. That was that was the part of my like career where I wasn't really allowed to fly off the boat. I don't even I had a freaking Mavic at the time I didn't have a Phantom or anything and so like but just like thinking back to that like that drone footage would be insane like watching him swipe the water create a current swivel around open his mouth trap pee, trap feed like pirouette like it was I haven't just, even like, seen that clip I've only too. seen the one where he's holding his mouth open and, the, and you can see like yeah, it dude, looks like air you, kind of or something just well, like the, flying out the of interesting mouth. thing about that um but are you talking about your I clip or the one I'm talking about no, his no, clip, my Adam's clip. clip. Oh, I've seen your clips. I was talking about the one off of Thailand. Uh, yeah, no, that I'm clip is my, insane. Dos Equis. Now, that yeah, clip's that cool, cool too. <laughs> but it's cool, oh, like cool. when you actually look at the footage and like, like I hypothesize that like at the time he was a smaller whale and like the bigger whales in the area were all just like heavily surface feeding on like these huge bait balls of anchovy. And it just seemed like he was a small whale that was like getting outcompeted and like he had to figure a way to to kind of corral the fish which i think that's what i think but just watching it was super cool anyways what? um we've had a bunch of humpback whales and what <laughs> what if like humpback whales when they're young come up with all these weird feeding strategies because the big whales like don't let them feed with them yet well that's, that's and what then I'm as saying, they get older like... the big whales like kill their creativity and they're like nah man you gotta do it like this or you can't feed with us <laughs> well, that's like, I don't want to get hit in my right ear with your peck fin because you're freaking waving around all funny. Like, get in formation and open your mouth. 
<laughs> I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Like, it's just, it's just kind of funny. Um, how they like, I don't know. It's, it seemed like he was creatively trying to figure out a way to, to feed. Um, and we've also seen whale. Oh, we've seen tons of dolphins so many every day. Dolphins. It's like in how the beginning of our season. That, we, it's, it's weird that like what well it's funny it's not that far from me like it's literally just not that far from me yeah, yeah. like especially as like a dolphin swims or a whale swims like yeah just around but, the corner i mean it is quite a bit colder i think in monterey than it is yeah. in santa barbara we always kind of say water. like conception's kind of the cutoff mm-hmm. it seems like um but yeah we've been seeing tons of dolphins and it's really like slater and i were talking about this the other day it's interesting like the beginning of our season was really weird for us and it wasn't normal it was humpback whales everywhere and sea lions as far as the eye could see and we never really get that and it it honestly looked like monterey like it looked like just sea lions and whales everywhere and there is absolutely zero common dolphins like we went two months straight without seeing common dolphins which was really weird for us. And then, and it seemed like at the time, the whales were much more prone to lunge feeding, to feeding at the surface, right? And so since we've had the common dolphins return and the sea lions have kind of dissipated, um, it seems like there's not as much surface feeding. So Slater and I were talking about that. Like, I don't know if, if the sea lions are better at crowding the fish to the surface or, or what. Like, and obviously the dolphins do it as well, but we just haven't seen it, which is kind of interesting. Well, if you ask, um, like, John Kalanikidis or Ari Friedlander about the sea lion and whale thing, their impression based on the video tag footage is that the whales are doing the herding and the sea lions are just coming in to take advantage. Whereas, mm. like, common dolphin, well, dolphins in general are pretty well known for their herding strategy herding, while yeah. feeding. And yeah. so then maybe the whales are taking advantage of the dolphins in that case. I don't know, but the dynamic's definitely different. Yeah, there is a, there, I think there is a different dynamic between the two, but it's just super interesting. Well, when we had humpbacks in Newport, when they started showing up in Newport and they were always smaller whales for the most part, besides like Wally yeah. and Loma, I think at the time. And every time we had them, they were always, if they weren't with the dolphins, they were seriously like a quarter mile behind the dolphins or like even less one eighth of a mile. And they were always chasing like, you know, like the dolphins were finding the food and then the humpback was going to them. Yeah. Um, every time we had them, they were, they were trailing behind the dolphins. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe the dolphins just eat things different faster or I don't know. I mean, same, same thing here. Like, you know, we essentially, when you head out of the Harbor, you start looking for pods of dolphins and eventually you're going to find a whale. Like that's just kind of how it is. And it's, it's, it's with the comments pretty much 90% of the time the whales are. So uh, I feel like that's how it was in Newport. It's like if, if, if there were whales around, they were going to be with the dolphins kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But you said you're starting to lose your sea lions, right, Adam? Yeah. We really haven't been seeing a lot of sea lions. Like, like we do a blog and we keep track of sea lions and dolphins and everything. And like I said, at the beginning of the season, it was just, like rafts like of just thousands of sea lions and there's whales coming up feeding through them and everything and then and then there's this weird switch where just like the sea lions have dissipated and the commons really came in so i mean it's it seems like those like it it would make sense that the commons and the the sea lions might be competing like they're 
what secondary consumers well, and... also think about where you're at you're in the channel islands where the sea lions go to breed so the right sea lions are probably yeah, out there eating right before they head up the coast yeah and so well, you right get them in that breeding time. season right yeah right now it's breeding season exactly june july in the channel islands so they probably eat breeding. they probably eat real quick right before yeah, they go into point. the island and then after point. they the island they come up to hang out with me Maybe we could like I don't know film that interaction through a, a, a documentary that might be coming out at some point. <laughs> well, let's Maybe. later talk about the sighting first. I don't got. Oh shit, sighting. you're right. Slater, <laughs> you guys had. I don't you got two nothing. You both had a bomb calf blue whale, didn't you? Uh, oh yeah. We could talk about that day. Adam came up and we went whale watching together, and Just went two best down friends to- on a little boat. Watching whales, with holding hands, a tank full of gas and batteries for our cameras. <laughs> no, we went uh, probably at one point. He, no, at one point I tried got mad at him. I'll be honest, I got yeah, he, mad at him. He did get mad at me. I'll tell them why. So we went whale watching, <laughs> and we we knew there was blue whale sighted down off Carmel Bay. So we just basically jammed straight to the point, and then you know made a left and went towards Carmel. Um, and right when we got down there, we saw two blows that were. Paul, we figured there. We actually thought they were just humpbacks. They were really close to Cypress, like literally right by Cypress Point. Mm-hmm. You thought and they were humpbacks. I, well, I mean, either way, they were whatever, whatever we thought we were. <laughs> we were just like, we'll check out and see what they are, and then we'll keep going because that yeah. wasn't near the numbers that we were given yeah. by a fishing boat that morning. And so we waited, 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 and then ended up two blue whales ended up popping up behind us, and it was a mom baby blue whale and they were right by the buoy off cypress point like they were really close to shore um and then they and then they followed that ledge out to like whatever o2 or something and then Mm -hmm. um yeah we had a moment of blue it was freaking epic we saw oh we had doll's corpus and that's where adam freaking had a panic attack dude (laughs) oh my god this kid is like it's like okay we need to film with the drone because like it's it's pretty like you don't see dolls warmers a lot and they were feeding like they were clearly feeding and like chasing a school of yeah. bait around in like circles and adam is like has his drone ready but he like can't stop spazzing out he's like has his phone in one hand his drone remote he's ready to fly he's like, just got a freaking and i'm like okay dude you need to chill out let's get the drone up and then you can get your instagram yeah. selfies later dude like let's go <laughs> and so we uh he ended up finally and then he was wanted to like stand right in front of me and it's like i'm the one that has the camera that like it's going to record like you know the top side stuff and so uh, it was pretty funny but yeah so i got frustrated with adam because he was like doing his- he definitely got he got he got po'd he got pretty mad and i was like dude i'm just i'm freaking dude i could well, have you ever had dolls that interactive and we, and we we left them too we are gone for 30 minutes filming the blue Wheels. we you're came back Kate, and they like, came right back to our boat I'm like you're asking a question but it's like come on yeah yes adam Kate, i have <laughs> that, that okay, was for sure like, the best doll's purpose i've seen i have that, seen them quite a few times bow right on like the yeah same. or whatever but same. it's different but on, on my boat you know what i mean like we were right in the mix with them yeah one true year. but like for ACS Monterey Summer Whale Watch fundraiser trip, we had Dolls Corpus like that. Where, and it was wild. It was like super foggy, and That's then all of a sudden saying. the fog lifted, and it was like sea lions and humpbacks, and then all of a sudden these Dolls Corpus showed up. So we magical. Like, yeah, dude, it was awesome. It was like you like got to see back in time, like this veil of fog lifted, and we like oh, knew so there were cool. lots of whales around because we'd found this one patch, 
And when the fog lifted, you could see six other feeding groups within, you know, the mile and a half of visibility that it opened up. And then like the doll's porpoise came in and then like 35, 40 minutes later, the fog just sucked right back in. So it was like, you just got this little glimpse. Oh, that's like, so that's how Monterey cool. Bay used to like be there is life. back in yeah. time. And then like, it was back to reality. Like, <laughs> wow, that's actually pretty epic. One, yeah, All right, never mind. Kind of I'll the, shut up. One of the coolest trips I've ever <laughs> No, 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 Adam. No, Kaylin, like, Kaylin, I'm we not, had it. I'm not no. taking away from your trip, but I'm just saying, yes. How many I've times seen like have you before. seen? How many times have you seen Dolls Porpoise? They come over to the boat and they split. Like we had them lot, literally yeah. coming to the boat, circling the boat, feeding in front of the boat. Like mm-hmm. we stopped. They actually did not like us stopping. They would rather us keep no, going. No, yeah, they but want like, you yeah. to keep going. And they want you to go pretty fast. To yeah, oh, dude, we were ripping we were going, 18 we were knots. Leaving, yeah. We were leaving going to Blue Wells and these things jam over to us. They're doing 18 knots. And like, and they're not just doing 18 knots. They're out in front of us cutting back yeah. jumping into the yeah. bow They're like very leaving, chaotic like, bow riders very yeah chaotic. yeah they don't they don't have like a chill bow ride mode yeah. they have like freaking i'm in your Chaos. face i'm gone i'm in your face i'm gone <laughs> like yeah they're on, no, they're on they, some, some most stuff. of the time um the whale watch boats in monterey can't go fast enough to keep them interested I think that's partly why we had such a good show, to be honest. Maybe. That's actually a very good point. And, dude, not to mention we're going 18 knots, and these freaking dolls porpoise are chasing a a smelt. No, they're chasing smelt out of the water at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) That was that. And they were outgunning us 100%. Yeah. Um, But it's it's funny. Like, there's there's no way to capture that moment. Like, we were trying from the drone. We were trying from our phone. We were trying from the R5. We were trying from every other camera and different angle. And it's just like, you can't. You can't yeah. capture it until it's our impossible. contact lenses can record 4k 120 dude <laughs> like literally <laughs> that adam but i guess you can kind it. of capture it through like when you talk story like this right like you can share yeah ab- absolutely people. i just and even if the footage doesn't do it justice just like hearing your firsthand account to go with the footage is always yeah nice um, yeah yeah so but yeah after what did you that was a few weeks ago though right adam like yeah because then margaret i think you came then margaret's family came for a week and then so during the last week it was kind of bad weather and then up until four days ago in the last four days i've been out and it went from like well there was blue whales sighted each day um like two two to three they're still around right yeah they were still out there this morning i think but they were getting their butts kicked this morning it was bad weather I mean, it was five foot swells at eight seconds. It was just really, and then it was starting to get windy. So it was not super fun. Um, But yeah, so there was blue whale sighted and then there was humpbacks. But what was cool is the last couple of days, like, so let's say like four days ago, there was like two or three sea lions that were like, you'd be out at the corner and they pop up. Right. And like randomly sea lions were just popping up everywhere you were like one though. And then um, two nights ago, I found, uh, well, we found, someone else found whales, Bill found whales, and then he ended up leaving and I stayed and the whales kind of split up, but one whale found a raft of sea lions and they slowly, it was like two minute, it was like four minute dives and then it went to like two minute dives and then it went to like sea lions are just constantly on the surface pretty much. And then the whale lunch, I was like this, and I was live on Instagram too, which was super cool. I was like, you guys, there was literally one bird and the dives were really long and now there's like 30 birds sea lions are on the surface and then it sure enough it freaking lunged and it was like you could see like it, it totally 
they went from like the bait was at 200 to 300 feet and it slowly like came to the surface and Mm -hmm. then oh and then they gobbled it all up but yeah it was really cool that was the first like lunch feeding with sea lions i have seen so far so i'm hoping it continues to get better and better um then you had a good mom calf interaction too right yeah so the next day speaking of that whole like fog right this was the first time that I've, I've been on the boat when we do this, where you go to an area that had whales the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson had gone out before me. So he was like, I see a whale here, but I like literally can't keep track of it because the fog. And so he ended up going in. He had seen, got a couple looks. Well, I'm literally shutting my engine off, listening for the whale, turning my engine back on, going towards the blow and finding it. Like, it was so <laughs> awesome. Like, like I, I, you can't make That's it up. It was cool. just so like, and then, um, so then I held the whale. Kate comes out on blue ocean. She comes out and now she's with me and like, um, same thing we're waiting. And then the fog lifts and then there's like eight whales, like all there. And, and the funny thing is, is I was live on Instagram and I had one whale blow and I was like, that's not my whale. Like it's too far in the distance. And then sure enough, the whale right behind me. And I'm like, yes, I'm so glad I like was patient <laughs> because otherwise in the fog, you'll just be ping pong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, fo- the so the fog lifted up and we had a, uh, I actually was following a pair of full grown humpbacks and it led me to a cow calf pair that Kate actually had. And she left the mom did one chin slap. Well, when the, the two bigger whales met up with them, I don't, I don't, it had nothing to do with it. They, they didn't like actually meet up, meet up, but they got really close to each other to where like I could just drive a hundred yards other way and go to them. And the calf like flew out of the water. Uh, and then it continued to fly out of the water for honestly over an hour and a half, like every minute and a half, every two, it took two breaths, fluke, and then breach. Um, the mom only breached, I think like four times out of the whole encounter. But yeah, the calf went absolutely bonkers. Like I was literally able to just like basically idle, if not be stopped and watch this calf go nuts. <laughs> um, it was really cool though, because when the mom did breach, it was like, she fluked up. And when she breached, it was a full breach where like the calf was kind of, some of them were like full, some of them were like half breaches. And like, it was like, no, this is how you breach. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, Either that or it was like she went off again just to keep the calf going. She's like, you don't have all your energy out yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So so funny. First time in like how many years have I been working on the ocean now? Six years? Seven years? I got skunked in the fog for the first time in seven years. I don't think people realize how like there is a big set of skills to find whales in the fog. And for the first time in seven years, I got skunked in the fog in in massachusetts yeah but i mean i've watched whales in the fog a lot yeah and this is the first time i think it's easier in monterey to watch whales in the fog probably yeah i mean i think i don't know the fog was just real heavy and we just didn't luck out one day this week but like we've watched whales in the fog at least a half dozen times in the last 10 days (laughs) <laughs> you know what I think though too, because it, it's funny. Because I was sitting there, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I was like, "You know what? I can picture me finding whales better in the fog," and I think it's because you're really aware. You're looking for yeah. like, I mean, you obviously you have it. a radar, but you're looking for boats. You're looking for like everything. So it's like you're really like looking at that like horizon as much as you can see on the level. So if you see that back, like, you know what I mean. So I don't know. It's almost I almost feel like sometimes you're looking ten times harder in fog. So it's yeah. like you might it might be. It's not easier, obviously, but it feels like it could be in a way. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like people just think we're just making it up until they actually see the whale when they're on the trip, you know? I, I wish I could have, I wish we could have everyone that listens to this, like be in that moment where I shut my engine down and you hear, and you're like, yeah. turn and left. And like, yeah. it's just so cool. One year we yeah, had so smoke cool. and fog. It was the year of that fire in Big Sur, the Sobranos fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. We watched whales in the fog and smoke for like two weeks straight. And there were fin whales, blue whales, and humpback whales all right off Point Pinos. And you could tell the difference between the species by listening to their blow in the fog. Wow. Like that was the craziest part. Oh yeah, you can that tell a blue whale and a humpback so easily. But even the fin whale, like you'd be like, nope, yeah. that's a fin whale. Yeah. Um the uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, one of those moments. Okay, so that's our big long catch-up because the three of us haven't been on an episode in a long time. We also have some like actual podcast updates. So whale nerds years, updates. Yeah, whale nerds updates, I should say. That's a better way to put it. Some of you have seen on our social media that we have started to talk about a project called California Seasons, and this is a film project that we're uh, in the process of getting footage for right now off the California coast. It's going to celebrate and showcase the marine ecosystem of California and break it up by season, so sort of talk about how the whole year is connected throughout the entire ecosystem. Um, it's mostly going to be about marine mammals, but we can't ignore the other parts of the ecosystem if you're going to talk about marine mammals because they're not, uh, they don't exist in a vacuum out there. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're just still like writing and storyboarding and filming and we're very excited to be working on this project. It is going to be an educational documentary style film. And uh, we do have some people that I've chosen to support our film. It's an independent project that we're putting out. And um, for those of you that have already financially supported us, we really, really appreciate your donations. If you're interested in learning more about the project or um, how to donate, there is more information on our website, which is thewhalenerds.com slash productions. That'll take you right to the page about California seasons. And there are tiers for the donations. and different benefits for whatever tier you select. So, yeah, we're excited. And, and uh, if you are on our website, there's one more cool update that you might kind of find out on there because there's a big button that says book now. Um, the, the, button, <laughs> the button is active and you can go there, but the trip hasn't been completely set up yet. Uh, we're looking to set up our first trip together as Whale Nerds, a Whale Nerds trip in the fall. It'll be in Monterey. Um, the dates, I believe are the 14th, 15th and 16th. Yep. And so, yeah, it's going to be like a three day, three days of whale watching some really cool stuff. Um, hopefully we're gonna have some guest speakers, um, do some dinners together and talks and yeah, it's, it's going to be really exciting. So yeah, that's another thing that we're working on. Um, hopefully that'll be finalized in like the next few days. Um, and then that'll be available to book as well. Yeah, so the, the items on our calendar right now, so you can kind of just see like a really, um, like a draft version of the event. Um, but if you sign up for our email list, we will send you an email once the item is live and ready for active booking. It's only going to be 25 people for the weekend of events, and it'll be attendance for all three days is how it's going to be um, packaged. And um, in addition to, you know, doing some whale watching and 
doing some science stuff, it's also just a really great opportunity to meet other whale nerds. I mean, the whale world is pretty small, um, but especially if you like feel like you don't know very many people or you haven't seen very many whale nerds in person because of COVID, um, if you feel comfortable <laughs> joining us on that trip to California, we'll be going out and moss landing whale watching and we'll be doing some other things around Monterey Bay. So we're excited to see you all in person. You I'll could be see there. It. Dude, I just got shivers there. down. I just got shivers <laughs> down my spine. And you may or may not oh. be able to see Adam's mustache. No, you will be shaving that mustache before the trip, Adam. I will not be seeing you in person like that. For those of you that are watching this Patreon video, I'm sorry, but Adam's mustache is just atrocious. <laughs> Hurtful. I have a thick I've been telling stash, you this for right? days, dude. Days. Okay, but listen, some people <laughs> like it, okay? All, all the Santa Barbara chicks, the mustache is a thing here in Santa oh Barbara, God. all right? So. Dudes, Adam, you're not talking Santa about Barbara, please stay away from Adam right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. It's like a, it's like a SoCal, like, hipster, like, nature guy thing, you know? So that's the kind of role I think. SoCal so. hipster nature guy. That sounds like such a turkey I burger, wish dude. I could describe the <laughs> horrified look on my face. <laughs> Uh, I, guess you, a, I guess you just have to support us on Patreon to see it. So, oh my god, or don't. We're gonna lose Patreon people from this. Like, what? Oh my god, she's actually hurting your feelings right now. <laughs> I knew that we he were gonna talk about. I wasn't gonna bring it up. He brought it up. I knew we were gonna talk about sightings and host updates, and it was gonna take a while. <laughs> I knew because we had it because Adam's freaking. He hasn't been around because my mustache. No, yeah, that and because he hasn't <laughs> been around for a few episodes. <laughs> So we needed to, we haven't had, well, we haven't had an actual like regular, you know, episode. It's yeah, been we've been doing a lot a of row. guests and stuff. So, but yeah. it's, it's definitely good to catch up and do exciting stuff. And I am super excited for the trip and, you know, California seasons. I think we're really starting to, to crank on the things that we've always talked about, which is super exciting for us. Um, yeah. We've been putting in a lot of work and now it's starting to come to fruition. Let's yeah. go. Or wish All right, it. so the topics that we actually prepared for this episode pretty much have nothing to do with everything else we've just talked about. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> different. I mean, <laughs> completely so, different. I've mentioned this on other episodes, I think, but um, we basically have this huge topics bank that we pull from and put together an episode each week. And unless uh, there's no we, there's no there's we. Kaylin, and One then we, person we join it. into your. <laughs> Great. There's where the weed comes in. Share the credit, but okay, the topics no. list that I made. Yeah, there <laughs> and you go. Put together for each episode, um, and so sometimes it might seem kind of random, but basically the thing that connects everything in this episode, other than it's all about killer whales, is that it's all recent publications about killer whales. So we're going to talk about different killer whale publications that have come out since March this year uh that we've banked up enough of them to put them all in one episode about killer whales around the world so uh the first paper that i was reading came out in march of this year and it's uh northern resident killer whales and southern resident killer whales are the topics of discussion so back to the pacific northwest um the title of the paper from uh, the journal endangered species research is passive acoustic monitoring reveals Spatiotemporal segregation of two fish eating killer whales populations in proposed critical habitat. So, what does that actually mean? So, basically, they put in these um, passive acoustic monitoring devices. They're called EARS, which were actually developed by Mark Lammers, who's a humpback whale researcher in Hawaii. 
Um, but they're these underwater microphone systems that recorded at 15 different sites in Oregon and Washington to just sort of passively monitor whatever is going on in those areas. And so anytime they picked up acoustic detections of a resident killer whale, whether it was northern or southern, um, they pulled the data from those sites. And throughout the study period, northern resident killer whales were detected at 11 of the 15 sites, and southern resident killer whales were detected at 10 of the 15 sites. So not every place had detections of killer whales. So when you're looking at, like, when you set up your locations to install those microphones, you're, like, trying to operate on a guess of, like, where you think they're going to be. And for the most part, they got they got a lot of them, uh, but there were some sites where the either during that study period, the whales weren't there or the whales don't use that habitat at all. Um, more often, the differences between the two groups, the Southern residents were more likely to be encountered at inshore recording sites and the Northern resident killer whales were more likely to be encountered at offshore sites. Mm -hmm. um, but there was an overlap where both populations were at the offshore sites in the springtime. And they speculate hmm. that has to do a lot with the salmon run. Salmon where runs. The fish are. Yeah. Wait, and they were both there together? The, um, I thought they, they, didn't, both, they didn't ever I don't meet. know if they're both there like at the exact, exact same time, but like from February to March or February to May, I think, they were both detected on the same hydrophones. Um, but it may not have been like both populations on the same day, the same but time. like in that same time period. Yeah, more likely encountered out there. Maybe they do see each other. I know that it's the transients and the the residents can't like they don't even come within a few miles of each like, other. Sometimes yeah, two ships in the night basically just like yeah. pass each other and that's it. Um, I, it's 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 interesting that we're talking about this paper now because I know that some of our friends up in Vancouver Island um, got a got a sighting of northern residents just a few days ago which is super super rare for them i think it was the a42 pod of northern resident killer whales which oh, like they never come down really yeah. into the san juan islands or the the canadian gulf islands like they're way further north up into the the strait of uh juan de fuca juan de fuca yeah um so that's super that. cool that we're actually talking about that <laughs> Yeah. I don't know who I mean I, I was just like what I heard but people think that like the southern residents are just kind of first with losing their salmon but like the northern residents aren't going to be too far behind them too right exactly and so I mean the northern residents have had more robust breeding success um and I think maybe that has to do with them feeding on different runs of salmon that are doing better um, well, but yeah. apparently the northern residents get the first pick at the salmon. Don't That's they? what it right. is. Yeah, yeah. so the salmon the, push off in, up into the Gulf of Alaska. And then when they return back onto, um, you know, Canada and the U.S., the mainland U.S., contiguous U.S., I guess you could say, uh, the northern residents are picking them off before they get all the way down into those inshore sites. Yeah, and there's a lot of river systems even, you know, in, in B.C., northern B.C., that coming out of the Strait of Gibraltar, sorry, not the Strait of Gibraltar, yeah, Strait of Georgia, yeah, Strait of Georgia, which is also what I meant to say earlier. It's not the Strait of Juan de Fuca, it's the Strait of Georgia up north that kind of feeds up there. And that's where a lot of the salmon runs come down. And, you know, like we said, the Northern residents get the first pick, which it's not, we're not saying that like the Northern residents, because they get the first pick, that's why the Southern residents are, you know, having a tough time, I think, 
No, that's I mean, I think it's small... more of a symptom of a, a bigger issue with the fishery. It's not yeah. exactly the dams and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and as if those Washington salmon runs continue to collapse and then that Klamath River system recovers, you may see those two populations get even further apart from each other. Absolutely. You know, like if the Southern Oregon and California runs of salmon start to do better than what's going on in the Columbia and what's going on on the Fraser River, I mean, who knows? Um, that being said, we're having a terrible time for young salmon right now, like literally right now. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but basically, the northern why this is important is the northern resident killer whales and southern resident killer whales are the same ecotype. So they eat the same prey item and they share a lot of like cultural characteristics. So from management perspective, you could argue to manage them the same. And since they do have an overlap in critical habitat, you could push that all together into one management zone. It is like kind of cleaner on paper, so to speak. However, what this paper is getting at is there is some habitat partitioning or some habitat separation between the two populations. And so, especially in the case of Southern resident killer whales, like you really got to consider all the details of where these whales are and where they are not and figure out how to best manage them with that special consideration. Um, but also, you know, you can't neglect the northern resident killer whales. They're also dependent on a failing species of fish. Absolutely. So. It's just, it's interesting that, like, you know, they're obviously northern residents are what, a couple hundred, 300. And I think the southern residents are at 75, you know, so it's like, what's the difference really there? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I really can see is, is, is location, right? Like, well, maybe, I think that the maybe their, residents... their ability to move around and. Yeah, some of it is their, their habitat use and their preferences and that they particular southern residents in particular are trying to forage on salmon runs that are just historically not doing yeah. well. Um, yeah. But also, southern residents, I think, were the main target of, of the captive industry for a long time. Yeah, and, so and that, that definitely hit Cultural them pretty genetic hard. collapse from that is also, I think, has echoing effects across the generations of whales. So, sure. It's, it's interesting we're talking about this. I mean, like, I think it was literally just yesterday, everybody was posting about how there's been 100 days with no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were no Jays in in the San Juans, which is like historic, and it keeps getting worse. Like I remember when I worked there, it was like this is the first year on record since the 1970s that they haven't been seen in the in the month of June, and there was seen. Yeah, so I was there that I saw that, and then yeah, you were there too. Uh, yeah, because I remember going into the lighthouse. You know how they have it. Uh, have you been to that lighthouse on uh, Limekiln? They have all a big calendar in there where they mark all the days, mm-hmm. and so that was I remember that happening. And it just seems like it's getting worse. Like they're, they're obviously having to, you know, like the, everybody says like, these are their, you know, ancestral summer feeding grounds. So, you know, history says they're here and they're in the San Juans in the summer. And that the past couple of years, that just hasn't been the case because there's not enough food for them. And and that's quite obvious. Like they're obviously going somewhere else for food. Hopefully it's getting worse in the San Juan Islands, but where they're at when they're not there is why they're there you know and yeah. they're yeah. like 
feeding apparently they, well they there. feed off of like swifter bank which is essentially um the west coast of of that washington um canada border um but wherever they are you know i hope they're doing well mm-hmm. peace be with yeah, you <laughs> peace be with you okay so let's switch to the atlantic ocean and talk about the very poorly studied killer whales over there i would i guess i wouldn't say poorly studied um not commonly encountered killer whales over yeah there. um so this paper that i was looking at uh, also came out in march this was in scientific reports and it's the distributions of arctic and northwest atlantic killer whales inferred from oxygen isotopes so um, basically how they collected the samples to get this information is they needed it from teeth of killer whales and so all of the samples were collected from stranded animals or museum specimens and they were looking at a couple different isotopes but the part that tells the geographic information is the oxygen isotopes now i had to look up another paper about how they do this with humans like on just our, doing school work out there caitlin yeah Dude, how do you have time for this don't you work full-time aren't you working like six yeah, days a freaking week what the heck for something else too but here we are i know you are but anyways so first um, off let me pause real quick what is with the to the 18th power, to the OP, to the C, to the SC, to the ECA, to the E equals MC squared. Those are the isotopes, dude. The way they write the different isotopes is like they put O for oxygen and then they put that 16 or that 18. So what you're looking at when you're using a stable isotope of oxygen is you're comparing the ratio of oxygen 16 to oxygen 18. And those things are... Those things are found in your teeth because as your teeth mineralize, they, you know, make a new layer of dentine is what tooth whales have. I mean, we have enamel and a little bit of dentine. They have more dentine. Anyways, so you analyze the ratio between those two isotopes and that tells you where in the world you were when your teeth were making those layers. What? Yeah. And in the North Atlantic... (laughs) What? That's where there's the most pronounced oxygen 18 gradient <laughs> in the world. So you can get very fine-tuned geographic information using that isotope if you're studying the North Atlantic because the way the Gulf Stream works across that ocean habitat, you like get a really fine-tuned look at where the heck these animals were. So anyways, that's... Yeah. Why is there more oxygen freaking 18 there? there? You're telling me they're so going to be like... How- you know how when they do like um, archaeological sites and they're like, oh, carbon dating shows this skeleton was blah, 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 yes. this many million years old. So it's kind of the same thing, but with oxygen instead of carbon. So with my teeth, I... they can tell that I've been eating veggie grill? In California. <laughs> In California. <laughs> Dude, I remember learning about all this, but I can't remember like why certain areas It's like more... the degradation of, mo- of those signature. Yeah things over time they like uh, lose electrons or something. well and it's like they have a it's like a, ex- blah 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 yeah they're yeah they're Science. losing neutrons and it's like the oh, as yeah, the isotope as the isotope decays yeah it changes yeah and there's a there's a well-documented rate that it decays at so that's how you yes. know how much time it was anyway i'm not smart enough for this google it <laughs> all so, right google it uh, <laughs> 
So they had these categories of where these whales stranded that they collected from. So they had the Eastern Canadian Arctic, which they had 10 individuals from. They had the Northwest Atlantic, which they had seven individuals from. They had two from Greenland and three from Denmark. And the ones from Greenland and Denmark were from uh, museum collections. So of the 10 Eastern Canadian Arctic whales, nine actually stranded alive or were found frozen in a minimal state of decomposition. And then one of the samples, they didn't actually really have any stranding information, but they were fresh animals. So they're pretty confident that those animals died in the Eastern Canadian Arctic habitat. Um, Then of those strandings, a few of them actually stranded as a group. Some were found alone in the Northwest Atlantic five whales live stranded or were found in minimal state of decomposition. And then one whale was in advanced stages of decomposition. So you get a little less information about how far the carcass drifted from that habitat. And then one, there was no data on. Um, 95% of the killer whales that they sampled the teeth indicated that those killer whales lived normally in the range around the eastern canadian arctic or the northwest atlantic so they like stayed up in the northern latitudes um one sample had like stable isotope levels that didn't make any sense and so they like have it in the in the paper but it's like kind of throws all the other data outlier outlier um so that sort of fits with what they think. Like the killer whales kind of keep to their own up there. But there was a couple samples that showed that maybe these whales also go all the way down to the lower latitudes towards the equator, like towards the Caribbean. No. Yeah. No. You're lying yeah. to us. No, I'm not. You're lying. So then lie. they pulled then they pulled some data. And some of this is from like, I think it was written in Icelandic and I wish I could get the translated paper in English, but I can't find it. So anyways, if you know anything about that, let me know. Um, but basically they put in some information in the discussion that said killer whales are observed year round in low numbers throughout the Caribbean and in lar- and large numbers of killer whales were observed by whalers in the 1800s in widespread offshore areas known as the Western ground. And the Western ground goes from Bermuda to the Azores. No. Yeah. So then it also says limited data preclude interpretations of killer whale residence patterns in either region, but they also suggest that there may be resident and migratory populations stretching from the Bay of Fundy to the equator. No. But what does this mean for us? Like, do we, we don't need to know. go there? We need to know. Do we need to, do we need to go there? Sounds like we have to travel. But like, Dude. why can't I see killer whales off of Massachusetts? That's what I want to know. Because we need a can't. sailboat. They're probably yeah. taking the outer shelf. They're probably no, in the exactly. middle of goddamn nowhere. Yeah. Exactly. That nobody is. So I'll tell you right where they're at, dude. Let me Google map it. <laughs> find a screenshot. I think, I, I think killer whales, like, like when you compare killer whales to like humpback whales in terms of their populations, like I feel like we know way more about killer whale populations than we do. I mean, I sorry, disagree. we know way we know more, more about, about no, 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 you're yeah. that's sorry, that, that's that's what I meant to say. Um, but like really, like, and you look at it like can you say there's different ecotypes of humpbacks? I mm, guess you no, probably could. I think discrete breeding segments is a better word. Because there is, especially in the Pacific, there is so much mixing 
between breeding populations. That's very true. So. But are those? Yeah. And I'm just trying to think. Like, like, like what there's defines a lot more mixing than anyone than we think? Before. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But like, what do we define as an ecotype? Like, like uh, well, as a, a group of animals that like language, behavior, markings, and diet all go together to determine an ecotype. And yeah. So you think you think an Australian humpback and a and a California humpback can talk to each other because they look different, they eat different things, they're in different locations. Yeah, they can. But do they? I already know. I think so. Can they talk the same language? They're they like, "Yo, what's up?" And they're like, "Bonjour." Like, no, he just hits it with a flipper. I mean, okay, I think a better place to think about that is like Costa Rica. The very late northern hemisphere whales could be interacting with the very early southern hemisphere whales. Whoa. Did you just invent something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, to wrap up this paper, as per usual, their conclusion says we need to study this more, but they do feel that the stable isotope data is pretty compelling. So then it's kind of perfect that the next paper is about killer whales in the Caribbean. Um, So I actually stumbled across this article because it was like a news article through this academic institution in Florida. Um, And then I was like, well, let me try and find the full paper. And the full paper- And you did. (laughs) The full paper came out in Frontiers in Marine Science in April of this year. And it's the feeding ecology of elusive Caribbean killer whales inferred from Bayesian stable isotope mixing models and whalers' ecological knowledge. knowledge. So we're on this isotope thing again. Um, So, what, Slater? I'm sorry. This is, I'm sorry. This is bad. I was doing something so bad. Dude, okay. Because I was looking up whales on Google Earth, and there are actually so many whales seen from Google Earth, like satellite. Really? Yeah, I, I don't. Whatever you were talking about brought me to that, but it was like so. I, I looked it up, and then yeah, there's whales like you can see from Google Earth. Because I was like, link. oh, it was because I was like, we need to find out where these killer whales are. And so I googled, can you find whales from there? But the thing is, is they're all over Mot, like in front of Motlaya and like all off of oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes you sense. Take huh? a nap there all day, every day. Sorry, that was. Anyways. Back to reality. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, okay. So this population of killer whales in the Caribbean, well, what could maybe be more than one population, who knows? The way that they studied these ones is they took samples from killer whales that had been harvested by whalers in the Caribbean. So there are uh, several whaling nations in the Caribbean. They worked with whalers that work out of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And um, they also collected some pilot whale samples. They did some um, vessel-based surveys and did some biopsy work. Um, And then to go with the stable isotope data, they also interviewed whalers about their observations on the water. And the whaler interview data is like over 12 years worth of interviews. So I think this institution works pretty closely with this community of people um and they, what do you mean by whaler like they still i know they, they still kill they subsistence hunt for whales like for meat and and i know mm-hmm. they 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 still kill um killer whales in the caribbean mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
Wow. Yeah, and other they they hunt. I think pilot whales and other small cetaceans. Because us. one yeah. one of the big anecdotes that came out of the whaling interviews is that if killer whales were around, they couldn't find other small odonoceutes to hunt, which gave the whalers the impression that that's what the killer whales are eating is small odonoceutes, gotcha. because they're all of a sudden those animals became scarce if killer whales were around. So the whole point of the study was trying to to put all this together to figure out like what are these whales eating like is it more than one population or one more than one ecotype and what they came together with is they think about 60% of the diet of those killer whales is small or of is actually of odonoceutes it's not even necessarily small odonoceutes it's Fraser's dolphins spotted dolphins and then I learned a new word today and I'm probably going to say it wrong uh tooth Teuthophagous whales, so those are squid specialists, sperm whales, um, other koja, so like a pygmy and and what's the other one? Pygmy and dwarf sperm whale, pilot whales, Rizzo's dolphins, those all fall in that category. Um, So they think 60% of their diet is toothed whales, and then the rest of their diet potentially is sharks, turtles, and tunas. (laughs) That'd be so sick. Yeah. Okay, so they're essentially ETPs. But they're yeah. ETAs. ETCs? <laughs> no. ET- Eastern, no. Yeah. Western? E- Atlantic. But Eastern right. Tropical Caribbean. Atlantic. Yeah, ETAs. Tropical she was saying Caribbean. Eastern Tropical Caribbean. Tropical Caribbean. Oh, wait. It would, no. Wait. Is it still yeah, but, Eastern? That's, a, that's, redu- that's redundant. Southern, be Western. Southern Caribbean. So St. Vincent and the Grenadines is like how the Caribbean like comes all the way down almost to Turks and Caicos is like actually off of uh, South America. So they're the next set of islands up from Turks and Caicos. So it'd be like Southern Caribbean. Southern Caribbean. Yeah. So, and like the sharks and turtles and tunas, some of that is uh, speculation on isotopes, but the whalers actually also sometimes would examine the stomach contents um, when processing the whale and they would find pieces of turtles in there. And then they have a lot of wear on their teeth. So that gave them the the idea for sharks. Yeah. More places Dude. to go find out things. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that we need to take Slater's boat, haul it down to the Caribbean, <laughs> and just spend spend like How are we gonna haul it down to the Caribbean, Adam? Get to Florida, dude, and then just hopscotch our way. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Also, there was some real in, safe. Um let me see if I or can go to like Louisiana, because remember that remember that freaking middle of nowhere hodgepodge of life? Oh, that's off true. In the Gulf, in the Dude, Gulf of Mexico. I don't uh, think Mexico. we have enough fuel to get there. We got a tank full of gas and a hunger for exploration. Anyways, <laughs> Adam does. We don't. Um, there's also <laughs> some kidding. some sort of small note in the paper saying that they they wouldn't rule out baleen whales, especially humpback whales. I mean, the killer whales that they are looking at are quite a ways south of. Uh, breeding grounds, the breeding for... grounds in the Caribbean for humpback whales, but you know, for these type of animals, uh, several hundred miles to a thousand miles is really not a big deal. Um, and they also speculate that since Brutus whales are seen mm-hmm. there occasionally, that they may also be on the menu for these whales. Wow. So, so the tropical p- killer whales are just like absolute badasses Ruthless. they don't give a sh- they don't give a shit they're like yeah, they're flipping turtles way up in the air <laughs> yes. 
seriously though like I you mean, thought I the think- harvest show video no they're flinging turtles dude yeah. Imagine in those low latitudes, that's like what you have to you do, have to. right? You know, like they live, they have such high energy demands that, well, like, the, yeah, they have they can't specialize, they have to be a generalist predator. Yeah, dude, crazy. killer whale ecotypes, even when you look at it from just like, like, I think now that we're talking about you know, the tropics, like. At, at a longitudinal standpoint like they vary so much by the the sorry the latitude at which they're found mm-hmm. like, well, that you think is about crazy it's body size the only other large cetaceans that are resident to the tropics are squid specialists so if you're not a squid specialist you can't really be a specialist in the low latitude yeah not if you're going to be big. Like, dolphins, sure, but they also chase around really small fish all day. Small fish, yeah. And they are more of a – they're a fish and small squid generalist, and they're not very big. But, like, Brutus whales, not very big. Humpback whales, they don't really eat when they're there. So. Dude, the world is wild. The world <laughs> of whales is wild. Why do we like them, Adam? Honestly, but like now I have to go freaking to the Caribbean to find these killer whales that are assassin whales that freaking eat everything. You have to go so many places. Are you like forgetting about everywhere else? I know. What about Argentina? You want to go see some southern right whales? What about Canada? We got all kinds of both sides of Canada. Norway. All over the Bering Sea, all over to Japan. I got to go. I know, but now we're adding another one. We've been wanting to go there, dude. That's probably like. Could you imagine? Because I, I, I think I, there was a paper or something on the ETPs that said like, what they do is like they like twirl the sea turtles like on their rostrum to like mess with them. Like, could you Why imagine not? seeing that? A, I've seen them it's put a mola mola on their melon while they're spy hopping. True. What? Where's <laughs> yeah, the picture, dude? Where's the picture? I'm somewhere, you honestly, can't. on a hard drive somewhere. Do you actually? Yeah. Yes. I'll cry. What I'll do cry. you know, Adam? Do you pay attention? I'll to cry right now. Yeah, that's that's something I've never heard. A mola mola on his freaking forehead while it spy hops. Yeah, it was a bunch of juvenile ones. They were just harassing this poor mola mola, and then all of a sudden they like spy hopped and were balancing it on their melon. And I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> if I ever saw anything like that, I would Pass be out. happy to die. I would <laughs> I would die happy. Like that's insane. Okay, last last uh publication this is a very recent publication i don't know if i'm one, ready for it one that we've been asking for since the history ah, of the Wellness I, am, podcast. I am ready for it um there has been an updated version of the killer whale catalog for the west coast yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so this is um if you want to learn how government science works a little bit this is actually called a NOAA technical memorandum so this is a follow-up to a previously published document um, who now? update of the 1997 killer whale catalog put out by southwest fishery science center and the <clears throat> research scientists that they collaborate with to get this stuff done um, some new notes on the updates uh, the id system like the numbering system has completely changed um, but there are some explanations and notes in the beginning of the catalog explaining that. 
Um, and then also, so in addition to just like, here's the pictures of the whales and here's the ID, um, they have an intro and explanation section. It covers a range of point conception in California to Astoria in Oregon. And uh, it defines the difference between a coastal transient and an outer coastal transient. It mostly focuses on what's called outer coastal transients. Those are the, the bigs or the transient killer whales that are commonly sighted in California. Um, and then it has different sections of whales. There's like some that are like OCTs, but then some that are unknown that could be part of that same group that they, but they didn't have enough evidence to say that they were, but they include the IDs anyway. And then they also have some of the T's from up north that are sighted in a more southern part of the range. Mm -hmm. And then they have maps, they have sighting logs, and they have some other data to go with all the photos and ID numbers. And they do have some of the commonly encountered match lines, like organized together. So you can see like the whole family group. So new catalogs out. You can download it to your heart's content. Shout you out. Calling them by their names. Shout out <laughs> Josh McKittis. So, yeah. Well, and Peggy, Stab, Stephanie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people um, are involved, and it's very time-consuming and laborious project. Um, and after those big killer whale years in 2015 and 2016, I mean, now would be the time to put out the new data because you, those set of years, um, I felt pretty confident that they saw like 75 to 85% of the currently existing population checked yeah. into Monterey Bay and other parts of central California at least once during those years. And so, I mean, there were some whales sighted those years that hadn't been seen for eight to 10 years prior. That's crazy. So, yeah. Oh, these things boggle my mind on the daily. That's crazy. Your boy also has some, uh, some pictures in that catalog. <laughs> oh yeah i saw your name in the credits actually yeah i'm in there so um yeah and um i always if we have an episode like this one where it's just us and we're doing papers and stuff um when i go to post that the episode's live with the youtube link on our facebook page in the comment section i put all the links to the, all the show notes so if you want to you can search all these things as I read off the names, but if you're like, you know, listening to this in a place where you can't take notes, then the hot links to all the articles that I talked about will be in the comment section of the Facebook post about this episode. So don't fret. If you want to look at some of these things, they will be available to you. You can also DM us and I'll send you the link. No problem. No problem. You got it. So yeah, oh. reunited, oh. and it feels so good. And killer whales around the it's, world. <laughs> it's been since 1997. That is crazy. The freaking Pacific Northwest comes out with a new one like every year. Yeah. Well, everybody's got eyes on those whales all the time. That's true. Well, they but used to, I'm super not anymore. Yeah, right. And that's not for a um, lack of trying. Yeah. Anyways, I'm super stoked that this is out. I look at it all the day. What's up? Dude, so many people we know are sighted in this, actually. What do you mean? I guess that makes sense. It, that Like, uh, contributors? Like, I literally know, like, the, half of that list. They're all from Monterey. People, I don't OCT 30 is sure. Emma. OCT 30B, Luis. There you go. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. 
it's What's it's our... gonna take a second to get used to, but at least there's numbers going by, I guess. Should we? Can I pick the whale of the week? They're never gonna know how to spell it though. Are you picking a tray? Toothophagus whale. Tooth toothophagus. Yeah, toothophagus. T e u t h o p h a g e o u s. You just said all the letters of the alphabet. What do you mean? <laughs> How do you spell it again? Hit me with it one more time. T e u t h o p h a g e o u s. Toothoph. Tuthophagus. Robin. Robin. What? Who's Robin? Dude, just copy and paste it from the notes. Who's Robin? I think it said Robin Baird. Yeah. Wow, what the heck is this? <laughs> this is a freaking That's dragon. That's the whale of the week. Anyways. But thank you all if you made it this far. Um, we missed you on our normal routine. So thanks I'm for glad I, with us. I missed the normal no, no, Robin routine. Beck is what it was. It's just like, it's so fun. And thanks for following us online. If you don't already on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Whale Nerds. And if you want to check out our website, sign up for our mailing list, see what we got going on. It's thewhalenerds.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you all in there. And thank you to the California Season supporters. Uh, yeah. And if you haven't seen the trailer for California Season, it's on our YouTube channel. Because I know uh, we didn't distribute it as well as we probably could have. Well, there's we have a lot of filming and stuff. We to still do. have a, big, a lot. It's going to be yeah. a big project. So we well, the trailer I'm talking about. Yeah. And you can follow along with the California Seasons film on Instagram at California.seasons. <laughs> Adam will be posting on there by himself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. It was uh, it was a fun one. I missed I missed these uh, these normal podcasts. These are fun. We just we're just like crazy and like Slater's just like slapping his wrists together. I have a mustache now. That's you pretty had to cool. bring it up again one more time. All right. Thanks everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya.